Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another edition of That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones Gibbs, broadcasting live from the NYC. For the next hour, I'm going to give you the latest on Jesse Williams, Sean Diddy Combs, Steve Aoki, Gary Oldman, Bobby Brown, and a whole lot more. So don't go anywhere. I'll be right back after these messages. My name is Hunter Hayes. I know myself, and I know my buzzed warning signs. One shot is about knowing my limits or not necessarily knowing my limits. I start with one shot to have a good time. One of the signs that I'm starting to feel a little buzz is when I start solving not only my own problems, but the entire world's problems. When I know I'm going out, I know I'm going to start with calling for a ride. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Social distancing slows the spread of coronavirus. So if you have a fever, dry cough, and shortness of breath, call your health care provider before going in. More info at coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part, because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council. For those fortunate enough to help the person who has always been their hero, find the care guides you need to help at aarp.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. to another edition of That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones-Gibbs, where every week I bring you the latest in entertainment news and, and celebrity news and pop culture. If you like the show and you want to know what's going on in the world of entertainment, make sure you click on the follow-up button on top of the show page. That way you get a reminder when I broadcast live. Also, if you want to make a comment about any of today's stories, give me a call. The call-in number is 347-637-2656. And press the number one, that's 347-637-2656, and press the number one. Also, like us on Facebook. we got a Facebook page. Go to www.facebook.com slash thatsentertainment.radio. Follow us on Twitter at thatsentertain1. That's T-H-A-T-S, entertain, and the number one. You can also follow me on Twitter at stiletto14. That's stiletto, like the shoe, S-T-I-L-E-T-T-O, and the number 14. You can also follow me on Instagram at tjonesgives. Right now, the current temperature in the NY is a cloud. 68 degrees. Before I get started with the show today, I'd like to give a shout out to all my listeners out there. Thank you for once again for taking the time out and joining me here on this Wednesday afternoon. Uh, lots to talk about this week as usual. We're going to be talking about uh, Jesse Williams. Apparently, he is in a new Broadway show on stage called Take Me Out, and uh, it's getting a lot of buzz. And one of the reasons why it's getting a lot of buzz is because the actors are on stage have to do full frontal nudity or bare all. I guess you could say they're in the nude. And Jesse Williams, one of the stars, uh, got his photo taken when it wasn't supposed to be allowed. I'll talk more about that. 
Uh, Sean Diddy Combs is getting ready to go back into music. Uh, the Bad Boy Entertainment mogul is launching a new R&B label and making a return to music. I'll tell you about that. Also, Steve Ioki apparently uh, took the phrase, the show must go on to the heart because Sunday night, uh, the DJ fell hard off the stage, and I don't mean, I mean the, that literally. I'll tell you more about that. Uh, actor Gary Oldman uh, might just take his Oscar and run. I'll tell you what he means by that. And R&B legend, king of R&B, Bobby Brown, has revealed that he was sexually molested by a priest as a child. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. So how is everybody doing on this Wednesday afternoon? How your week been? Uh, we just celebrated Mother's Day this past Sunday, so I hope every all the mothers around the world had a beautiful Mother's Day weekend. Uh, also, uh, before we uh, get to the uh, start of the show, I wanted to tell you uh, that uh, summer is uh, just around the corner. And, uh, you know, I know everybody's trying to get back to the beach, get back to the pool. So you want to get your body looking great. And there's, there's still time. There's still time to get that body in shape. So one of my friends who used to be a host here on Blog Talk Radio, uh, his name is uh, David Romero. He's a former co-host of the show Loco. That's Entertainment Rundown. He has started a new venture. This is his, uh, I guess, his uh, second act, and he's uh, now a certified fitness trainer. And now you can have David as your personal trainer. Uh, He has a four-week program where he works around your schedule. He gives you real-time coaching along with some fun and challenging workouts. If you're looking to get into fitness and you want to change your lifestyle, just give David a call at 956-706-3855. You can also send him an email at davidjromero88 at yahoo.com. That's davidjromero, R-O-M-E-R-O, 88 at yahoo.com. Or you can send him a DM him on Instagram or follow him on Instagram at well at David Loco Twelve. That's D A V I D L O C O Twelve. And you can also contact him on uh, this Instagram account called Cap Camp. I'm sorry, Camp Gladiator, which he works for. Uh, that's at Camp Gladiator. That's C A M P G L A D I A T O R or at Salute at S A L U T. Tell them that your girl Tammy Jones Gibbs from That's Entertainment Online Radio sent you, and uh, he'll be more than thrilled to help you out with all your physical fitness needs as well as. Um, your wellness needs as well. He also has a website for vitamins and shakes. Uh, that's at pws.shakely, S-H-A-K-L-E-E dot com. So how has everybody been so far? It's Wednesday. It's the mid part of the week, almost two more days before Friday, before the weekend gets started again. Um, this week, uh, Jesse Williams, actor Jesse Williams, is bearing it all on stage and Broadway's Take Me Out. 
and one theater goer decided to share it with the world. Videos and photos taken from inside the Hayes Theater leaked online on Monday showing the Grey's Anatomy star fully naked in the play about a gay professional baseball player. The images are not just an invasion of privacy, but also against the rules. Taking Me Out requires the audience to lock up their phones in felt pouches with magnetic security tags to protect its stars, including Williams, who was nominated for a Tony for the role on Monday, and Patrick J. Adams, who also appears nude. Second Stage Theater, the, the production company behind Take Me Out, said that is appalled at the unauthorized footage. The company said in the statement, and this is what they said, quote, it is deeply unfortunate that one audience member chose to disrespect the production, their fellow audience members, and most importantly, the the cast in this matter. Uh, Taking naked pictures of anyone without their consent is highly objectable and can have severe legal consequences. Posting on the Internet is a gross and unacceptable violation of trust between the actor and audience forged in the theater community, unquote. Now, the company also said extra security is being placed around the theater to assure no more cell phones are used during the show. Williams said on What's What Happened Live Monday when asked by host Andy Cohen about the nudity, he said, quote, everybody makes such a big deal. It's a body. Once you see it, you realize it's whatever. The play, which won a Tony for Best Play during its original 2003 Broadway run, focuses on Darren Lemon, uh, played by Williams, the Empire Star center fielder who comes out as gay to his teammates and has to face not just homophobia, but racism and toxic masculinity overflowing in the locker room. Um, Jesse said, Jesse Williams said that he doesn't know why everybody's making such a big deal. It's a body. Once you see it, you realize it's whatever. See, uh, Jesse, uh, it's your body. It's your body. So uh, you probably have a lot of female fans and they're just admiring your beautiful physique. And it is a big deal to them. You know what I'm saying? I mean, come on, women. When you see a good-looking man with a fine, perfect-shaped body, come on. You're not going to be going gaga, Google, over the, going crazy. And, I mean, seriously, this is Jesse Williams. He's a good-looking actor, and he has a perfect male physique. You know, do you blame the women? It is a big deal to them because these probably are mostly fans of his. So, yeah, I know, but it's you, Jesse. I mean, <laughs> uh, also, uh, Sean Diddy Combs is merging his two favorite things, love and music, with his newest partnership, business venture. The bad boy entertainment mogul is launching his new R&B label, Love Records, and is returning to music. In addition to his new label, Diddy will also be releasing a new album this summer under his recent deal with Motown. This marks his official return to the music scene and will serve as the first release under Love Records. Motown Records CEO and Chairman uh, Ethiopia a Marion shared in the statement, 
saying, quote, this is a major moment for Motown as Diddy is one of the century's most important voices in music and culture. To be a part of this next evolution and album is nothing short of monumental, unquote. The rumors surrounding Diddy's new album began in late April. The untitled LP will be his first project since 2006 Press Play. The new label will not affect the forthcoming partnership Bad Boy has with Death Row Records. The arrival of Love Records was first teased when Diddy appeared on the September 2021 cover of Vanity Fair. He explained why he chose to create a label dedicated solely to R&B. And this is what he said. He said, quote, yeah, all R&B label, he said, it's going to be an all R&B label because I feel like R&B was abandoned and it's a part of our African-American culture and I'm not signing any artists because if you know better, you do better. I'm doing 50-50 partnership with pure transparency. That's the thing. The new label is so that we can own the genre. We don't own hip-hop right now. We have a chance to, and I'm going to make sure that we own R&B, unquote. Up next, though, he will host and executive produce the 2021 Billboard Music Awards set to air live this coming upcoming Sunday, May 15th at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Go ahead, Diddy, because I've been saying um, I had some R&B guests here on the show, and that was one of the first things I would ask them because it was going around that not not a lot is R&B is not getting the play that it deserves. R&B artists are not being um, played mostly on. It's not getting the love like it did in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. And uh, especially the 90s. The 90s was the one decade where R&B was king. And now it's kind of slightly fell off. And I used to ask uh, uh, R&B artists that were guests on my show, do you feel that R&B has fell off? In their opinion, they said no. But it's not getting the love and the play that it deserves. Um, and also you, we're seeing more and more um, white artists, uh, more Asian artists are going into that genre as well. So it's like they're kind of taking over the genre as well. So it was like, well, what happened to the original people who may R&B king? So good for Diddy. That's good. Um the uh, 2000, speaking of the 2022 Billboard Music Awards, they have finally unleashed the list of performers for this year's ceremony. And among the stars who will perform at the event are Travis Scott, Ed Sheeran, as well as Becky G. Also joining the lineup are L. King and Miranda Lambert. The five musicians will take the stage at the MGM Grand Garden Arena in Las Vegas on Sunday, May 15. The show will broadcast live at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on NBC. This year's nomination list is dominated by The Weeknd, who scored a total of 17 nods, including top artists, top male artists, and top Hot 100 artists. Doja Cat, in the meantime, leads the female artists with 14 nominations. Trailing behind are Justin Bieber, Kanye West, and Olivia Rodrigo, who earned 13 nominations each. Drake, on the other hand, is a finalist in 11 categories, followed by Dua Lipa and Ed Sheeran, who both nabbed nine nods, and BTS with seven nods. 
Right now we have 15 minutes after the hour. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to another edition of That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones-Gibb, where every week between 1 to 2 p.m. Eastern, I bring you the latest in entertainment news, celebrity news, and pop culture. If you like the show and this is your first time tuning in and you like entertainment and you want to know what's going on with your favorite celebrities, press the uh, a click on the uh the follow-up button that's on the show's show page, and that way it will send you a reminder each time I broadcast live. Also, make sure you like us on Facebook. We have a Facebook page called uh, That's Entertainment Online Radio. Just go to facebook.com slash that's entertainment.radio, and you can also follow us on Twitter at that's entertain one. That's T-H-A-T-S, entertain in the number one. You can also follow me on uh, Twitter at stiletto Fort. That's S-T-I-L-E-T-T-O And the number 14 You can also follow me on Instagram At T Jones Gibbs That's T-J-O-N-E-S G-I-B-B-S uh, Steve Ioki apparently took the phrase, the show must go on to the heart. On Sunday, May 8th, the Waste It On Me DJ fell hard off the stage during his DJ set at uh, Dyer Nightclub in Hollywood, Florida, but he did not seem to be bothered by the incident. In a video uploaded by TMZ, the Japanese-American music producer was initially seen bopping his head energetically as he performed, and when walking back to his DJ set, however, he tripped over a stool and hit the ground. Now, two men, presumably uh, Steve bodyguards, immediately went to his rescue, and before the two could offer any assistance, the 44-year-old DJ stood back up, took a quick glance at his elbow, and went on as if nothing happened. Steve's performance was uh, done for a F1 after party held by Celebrity Sports Entertainment. Dennis Rodman, Shaggy, Vernon Davis, and Summer Rae were among the guests who attended the event. This was not the first time Steve's performance was marred by an incident. Uh, during his 2012 performance at the Hard Rock Cafe in San Diego, his stage dive to an inflated boat caused a fan named Brittany Hickman to fracture her neck and to suffer a concussion. It led to her family suing him. The case was dropped after two sides reached a confidential settlement, and he apologized to her. At that time, Steve representatives issued a statement on the matter. They said, quote, Steve would never want anyone to get hurt at one of his shows, and is sorry Miss Hickman did. That's what his rep told Billboard. After they reached a confidential settlement, they had the chance to speak, and Steve got the chance to apologize. Gary Oldman might just take his Oscar and run. The Academy Award winner, Darkest Hour actor and two-time nominee, told Deadline in a recent interview, Retirement's on the Horizon. Oldman, who is now 64, told the outlet, adding that if his role as Jackson Lamb in the new uh, Apple TV Plus series, Slow Horses, is his farewell part, he'll go happily. Uh, the Brit remark comes on the heels of several other actors announcing their plans to put acting on the back burner. Bruce Willis' family in late March announced that the diehard and Sixth Sense star would be stepping away from acting due to his diagnosis with alphasia, which affects a person's ability to communicate. Also in late March, Jim Carrey revealed he's retiring, but it depends if the ang- angle angels 
brings some sort of script that's written in gold ink. Then he said, I might continue down the road, but I'm taking a break. And Andrew Garfield last week made headlines when he said that he, too, would be taking a break from acting, though he later clarified he's going to have, like, a holiday. And uh, R&B legend and the king of R&B, Bobby Brown, has revealed that he was sexually molested by a priest as a child during an interview teasing his forthcoming A&E episode of Biography called Bobby Brown, set to air on the network later this month. Brown, who came to fame as a member of the iconic R&B group New Edition during the 80s before branching off into a successful solo career, detailed the encounter which occurred after he was placed under the care of the priest by the state. And uh, this is what he said. He said, um, quote, when my mother was arrested, I was sent to temporary custody by social services, which was supposed to be a religious place. Uh, It was not a nice place to be as a child. One of the priests tried to molest me. He said that the priest tried to touch his private parts. There was no penetration or anything. He touched his private part, and he didn't like that. And and Bobby said he punched and kicked and punched some more until he got away from him, so he ran away from there as quickly as possible. Now, Brown admitted that the incident with the priest confused him and that the experience has stuck with him to this day. And he said at the time when he was a young boy, he didn't know what sexual boundaries were. He just knew that he didn't like being touched. Some things are hard to forget. Now, other topics for the interview include witnessing the stabbing death of his best friend over a bicycle at the age of 12, his mother being assaulted by police, battling a sex addiction at the height of his fame, and his relationship with megastars Janet Jackson and Madonna. In regards to Janet Jackson, whom Brown dated prior to his relationship with the late R&B legend Whitney Houston, the crooner admits to being smitten with the songstress, but that his hard scrabble roots uh, in the streets of Boston prevented the pair from ever becoming anything more. Part one of biography Bobby Brown's air on A&E on Monday, May 30th at 8 p.m. Eastern. The second part of the episode will air the following day on Tuesday, May 31st at 8 p.m. Eastern. In addition to the biography Bobby Brown two-night event on Tuesday, May 31st, A&E will premiere the first episode of the new series, Bobby Brown, Every Little Step, which airs at 10 p.m. Eastern, with new episodes airing on Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern, beginning June 7th. Mm, Can't wait for that. I like Bobby Brown. Bobby Brown was definitely the king of R&B, and I think if you were to list one of the top ten R&B albums of all time, Bobby Brown's um, every uh, what was these uh, Don't Be Cruel album would be in that top ten. I would put it up there in the top ten. Um, definitely, that was my fi- as, as growing up and and listening to Bobby Brown, being a fan of New Edition. That album there was the best R&B album, in my opinion. All the songs were good. The I mean, he teamed up with Teddy Riley. Uh, Teddy Riley produced some of the tracks, and then he went on to do another album called My Prerogative. But that Don't Be Cruel album, number one in my book, number one in my book. 
Uh, in celebration of Mother's Day this past Sunday, FX unveiled its first glimpse of the new docu-series titled Dear Mama, which examines the relationship between late rapper icon Tupac Shakur and his late mother, Afini Shakur. Inspired by his classic 1995 single honoring Afini, Dear Mama will include a five-part and premiere this fall on FX and will be available to stream on Hulu the next day. Afini can be heard narrating the teaser in which she, spent, uh, which she speaks on her style of parenting while raising Pac. Uh, this is what she said, uh, this is what the former Black Panther said. She said, quote, it was my responsibility to teach Tupac how to survive his reality. So Tupac, do something wrong, take your little sorry self in that corner and get the New York Times and let's have a debate about it. Not a discussion, a debate. Let me hear what your idea is, stand up, defend it, unquote. And according to FX, Dear Mama is told through the eyes of the people who knew them best. Uh, uh, they, it's, they said that according to this press release, it's supposed to be an intimate, wide-angle portrait of the most inspiring and dangerous mother-son duo in American history who unify message of freedom, equality, prosecution, and justice are more relevant today than ever. Originally announced in 2019 with the working title Outlaw, the saga of Afini and Tupac Shakur, Dear Mama will be directed by Alan Hughes, who previously worked on classic films such as Menace to Society and Dead Presidents. Hughes also directed the acclaimed 2017 HBO documentary The Defiant Ones, which chronicles the history between music titans uh, Jimmy Ivan and Dr. Dre. In addition to Dear Mama, it was recently announced that a biopic on the life of Afini Shakur titled Peach, Love, and Respect, the Afini Shakur Panther 21 story is also in the works. Right now, uh, we have here uh, 25 minutes after the hour. Uh, Coming up, we're going to be talking about uh, Black China. She and her mother are getting ready to work on a new TV talk show with her mom, Tokyo Tony. I'll tell you more about it. And uh, there's new information uh, regarding that legal battle involving rap star Megan Thee Stallion and Tory Lane. And uh, Janelle Monet, the singer, is adding on, uh, adding to her on-screen resume that she's going to be t- t- portraying the historic African-American performer and activist Josephine Baker. And it's looking a lot like Monique's season. And what I mean by that, the actress who was once Blackwall is now uh, appearing in 50 Cent, one of his new shows, and she's making a comeback. I'll tell you more about that. And Laverne Cox will be honored for her advocacy work at this year's Webby Awards. All those stories and more coming up after the break, so don't go anywhere. Uh-huh. 
Entertainment news and pop culture every Wednesday afternoon with the host Tammy Jones Gibbs right here on Block Talk Radio. Right now we got 29 minutes left remaining in the show. That was new music from Jack Harlow in First Class. Before we went to the music break, I was telling you about Black China. She is working on a new TV talk show with her mom, Tokyo Tony. The video vixen had previously appeared in a number of Fly on the Wall series, including Rob in China with her ex-fiance, Rob Kardashian, and The Real Black China. But she's swapping the reality TV format for a new program in which she'll be interviewing celebrity guests alongside with her mother. And speaking to TMZ, Tokyo explained the show will carry her name and will be shown on her own network. She went on to insist it's a chat show rather than a reality TV, and it will feature the pair talking to guests. Uh, 
and and her mother said that it's going to be her and Black China every day with people, celebrities, uh, TMZ bloggers, where they come on stage, sit down and talk. And when asked if the reality show, when they asked her if it was a reality show, she was like, "Oh no!" She said it's going to be two chairs and a sofa for whoever to get comfortable, comfortable and talk to us. Now, this comes after China, whose real name is Angela White, lost a defamation case against the family of her former partner, Rob, whom the 33-year-old star had claimed had caused the cancellation of her E-series, Rob in China. The star was seeking $108 million in damages from the family, but last week the 12-member jury found Rob mom, Kris Jenner, and her daughters, Chloe Kardashian and Kylie Jenner shouldn't have to pay damages regarding the former makeup artist's loss of income and future earnings. China vowed to appeal the uh, decision. New information has been unveiled regarding the ongoing legal battle involving rap star Megan Thee Stallion and Tory Lanez. While Megan Thee Stallion had remained steadfast in her claims of Lanez Inintentionally wounding her by firing a gun in her direction, and a uh, LAPD report has surfaced that has uh, created an, an air of doubt surrounding the stallion re- recollect- re- recollection of the incident. Uh, in recently released documents, the LAPD revealed that Megan allegedly stepped on glass at the scene, resulting in a laceration to her left foot. Dr. Lafredo, who treated the stallion, confirmed that her laceration was sustained due to her stepping on glass. In the report, officers state they canvassed the scene after responding to calls of shot being fired, recovering four bullet casings, jewelry, and an acrylic nail. The report also revealed the identity of an eyewitness who said he saw two women believed to be Megan the Stallion and Kelsey Nicole in a verbal and physical altercation at the scene and that two men believed to be Lanes and his bodyguard were also present. And according to the report afterwards, the suspect goes back, got back into the black SUV and left the scene. As details continue to emerge in the shooting investigation, the public appear to be split in terms of whose side of the story they believe. And in an exclusive interview with Gail King, Megan gave her accounts of what occurred on the evening in question, accusing Lanes of shooting her and speaking on the impact the incident had had on her in the aftermath. However, Megan's denial of having a sexual relation with Lanes led a number of fans to question the validity of that claim and how her possible dishonesty could alter her credibility in the eyes of the court and public opinion. And with x-rays of Megan's foot unavailable and the alleged bullet fragments that was taken from her foot unable to be found, the body wrapper will have to wait until her and Lane's day in court for an, an opportunity to set the record straight once and for all. Janelle Monet is adding to her on-screen resume. The multi-talented star has been tasked with portraying historic African-American performer and activist Josephine Baker in an upcoming television series. Exclusively reported by Deadline, the Django Jane lyricist will star in the program De La Resistance, 
De La Resistance from uh, entertainment company A24. Now, according to the report, the drama series is set to focus on Baker's time as a spy for the Allies during the French Resistance, helping defeat the Nazis, as well as her experience as one of the world's most iconic, talented, and glamorous entertainers. Uh, Janelle Monet, uh she shared the news on Instagram, and this is what she said. This, she said, quote, a dream role with a dream team, Mercy Baku. Baku. Uh, naming Baker her hero, she uh, continued by thanking the A24 family for partnering with her and Wonderland for producing the legendary series. Chuck Lightning, Nate Wonder, and Dana Gills will also serve as executive producer for Wonderland on the series. Co-executive producer and researcher is Damian Lewis, who authored the soon-to-be-released book on Josephine Baker, The Flame of Resistance, American Beauty, French Hero, British Spy. And it's looking a lot like Monique's season. The acclaimed actress who was previously blackballed after her 2009 Oscar win has officially returned to the entertainment industry with back-to-back roles. 50 Cent was one of the few people who publicly expressed his intention to put her back on and that the rapper-turned-TV executive have kept his promise. In a clip shared on social media this past Monday, Monique appeared dressed as her new character on the hit series BMS. Back in March, the power mogul took to social media saying, quote, I got to get the real Mo worldwide back in pocket, referring to Monique. Uh, Details regarding her new role has remained under wraps, but production for season two of BMF is in full swing. Monique's last leading role was in 2016, Almost Christmas, but she will star in Courtney's uh, Glaude's uh, forthcoming The Reading. And after the 13-year tension fuel ordeal with Lee Daniels, the two finally reconciled in early April of 2022. The actress will appear in Daniel's forthcoming thriller, Demon House, replacing Octavia Spencer. The film also stars Audra Day and Glenn Close. Production is set to begin in June. And uh, Laverne Cox will be honoring uh, will be honored for her advocacy work at this year's Webby Awards. The awards are presented yearly by the International Academy of Digital Arts and Science are often described as the Internet's highest honor, and they celebrate excellence of all things Internet. Now, Cox was named the 2022 Webby Advocate of the Year, the Emmy-nominated actress, human rights advocate, producer, and transgender icon was selected by a committee chair by the uh, International Academy of Digital Arts and Science, and the NAACP for using her online platform to amplify her commitment to social justice advocacy. The Mobile Alabama native gained recognition in 2008 by appearing on the first season of VH1 reality show, I Want to Work for Diddy. By 2013, she was starring as Sophia in one of Netflix's first major hits, Orange is the New Black, for which she became the first trans person to be nominated for a primetime Emmy. Now, Cox uh, on screen is a form of advocacy in itself. Uh, She's a full of first honors, organizers said, knowing that she had also collaborated with organizations like the ACLU. And uh, she also uh, could tell the story of the history of the struggle for trans rights. 
And after two years of virtual celebration, the 26th Webby Awards show will return to an in-person event on May 16th at Cipriani Wall Street in New York City. The full show will be available to watch at 9 p.m. at webbyawards.com. Other special achievement awards will be presented to Megan Thee Stallion, uh, Takashi Murakami, uh, Drew Barrymore, Adam Scott, and the organizers of the Say Gay Movement. And heartthrob Harry Styles is crediting therapy with helping him live his best life. The Watermelon Sugar and former boy bander whose new album Harry's House comes out on May 20th is dishes about the pandemic, his mental health, and celebrity in a new interview. Uh, Styles, who is now 28, said that prior to starting therapy five years ago, he believes seeing a shrink meant that you were broken, and that's what he revealed to Better Homes and Gardens. Styles told the magazine, quote, I wanted to be the one who could say I didn't need it. But But he now feels that therapy has helped open up rooms for him that he didn't know existed. The former One Direction member discussed how he spent the COVID-19 lockdown and reflected on fame and taking ownership of his mental health. And this is what Harry Styles told the magazine. He said, quote, living, being happy, hurting in the extreme, that is the most alive you can be. Losing it crying, losing it laughing, there's no way, I don't think, to feel more alive than that, unquote. And uh, longtime film and TV actor Jack Keller, who had a small but standout role in the movie The Big Lebowski, uh, he has died at the age of 75. His son told Entertainment Weekly that Keller uh, died from a complication of leukemia on Saturday in Los Angeles. Kettler appeared in The Big Lebowski as Marty, the landlord of Jeff Bridges' character, the dude whose uh, Performance in a dance recital remained a fan-favorite moment from the classic 1998 comedy. The role was one of 171 on-screen credits for Keller, who uh, began his career primary with TV gigs in the 1980s before excelling as a character actor in numerous high-profile movies. Keller has uh, had recurrent roles on the show Fresno, Newhart, and McKenna before becoming a main cast member on the legal drama Murder One during the mid-1990s. His films include Men in Black 2, Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me, Lethal Weapon 4, and Pineapple Express. The actor also appeared on episodes of Mad Men, NCIS Los Angeles, and Star Trek Deep Space Nine and played different characters on each of his three appearances on the show NYPD Blue. Kessler played a landlord again last year on an episode of the drama series Love, Victor, and what was one of the last parts. Right now we have here 17 minutes after the hour, uh, 17 minutes uh, left remaining in the show. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take another music break, and when I come back, I'll give you the last remaining stories of the day, so don't go anywhere. I want to say thanks to everyone that's been down with me. 
To my mother, to my sis, I'm in heaven. To my brother, to my wife, I'm sis, this is heaven. To my friends, make sure you count them blessings. To my fans, make sure you make them investments. Until the killer that's spared at my demise, I forgive you, just know your soul's in question. I seen the pain in your pupil when that trigger had squeezed. And though you did me gruesome, I was surely relieved. I completed my mission, wasn't ready to leave. But fulfilled my days, my creator was pleased. I can't stress how I love y'all. I don't need to be in flesh just to hug y'all. The memories recollect just because y'all. Celebrate me with respect, the unity we protect is above all. And Sam, I be watching over you. Make sure my kids watch all my interviews. Make sure you live by that dreams we produce. Keep that genius in your brain on the move. And to my neighborhood, let the good prevail. Make sure them babies and the leaders out of jail. Look for salvation when troubles get real. Cause you can help the world until you help yourself. And I can't blame the hood the day that I was killed. You had to see it, that's the only way to feel. And though my physical won't reap the benefit, the energy they carry on admits still, I want you. That was new music from Kendrick Lamar called The Heart Part 5. Wow, very moving, very uh, deep, I can say that much. Uh, right now we got 11 minutes left remaining in the show. And uh, for the last remaining stories of the day, former heavyweight champion Mike Tyson dodged criminal charges after punching a man multiple times before a flight out of San Francisco last month. The announcement came Tuesday following an investigation by the San Mateo County District Attorney Office, which said the circumstances preceding the April 20 confrontation led to the decision. Uh, videos of the altercation published by TMZ last month appear to show Tyson repeatedly hitting a passenger in the seat behind him on the plane. And uh, the the, uh, recently unretired Tom Brady already has his next job lined up. The seven-time Super Bowl champion who retired at the end of last season and then took it back almost immediately has been hired by Fox Sports as its lead analyst whenever his playing career is done for real. Fox Corporation Executive Chairman and CEO uh, Landon Murdoch announced during an earning call on Tuesday. Brady is also expected to serve as an ambassador for Fox Sports, particularly with respect to clients and promotional initiatives. The 44-year-old quarterback is excited, he tweeted, but still has a lot of unfinished business on the field. The deal is expected to pay more than $20 million a year, according to Front Office Sports, and could come out to $190 million or $200 million across the full term of the contract. Brady is set to return to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, with whom he won a trophy in 2021 for his 23rd NFL season in the fall. And the Late Show suspended taping indefinitely on Monday after host Stephen Colbert appeared to relapse with the COVID-19 infection that he had cleared a few weeks earlier. He has canceled on April 21st after testing positive for COVID, then came back on air after isolating and testing negative. The 57-year-old entertainer said at the time that he felt fine and had received three vaccine doses. Colbert later clarified that uh, it was not fun and had morphed into a serious head cold. Uh, Band leader John Baptiste tested positive a few days later and had to miss the premiere of American Symphony at Carnegie Hall, according to The Hollywood Reporter. Colbert's wife, Evelyn Evie McGee, was also sick. Colbert did not mention what treatment he received, but reports have been emerging of a rebound or relapse of COVID-19 after a course of Paxlovid. 
the Pfizer antiviral that has been proven to uh, lick the virus, however, in some cases, appear to resurge after the treatment is done. And nominees were named Monday for next month's 75th Annual Tony Awards, set to honor the best and brightest from Broadway's 2021-2022 season. A trio of new musicals, A Strange Loop with 11 nods, and MJ and Paradise Square tied with 10, led a fill of plucky and often powerful production that preserves through the bumps of COVID. The Tony Awards are scheduled for June 12 and will be broadcast on CBS. And for months, Priyanka Chopra and Nick Jonas watched their daughter struggle in the newborn intensive care unit. Now their family is home and healthy. Sharing the first photos of Malti Marie Chopra Jonas, whom they welcomed by surrogate in January, the married couple celebrated their first Mother's Day as a family on Sunday. The couple did not go into any details of what kept Multi hospitalized for the first few months of her life. The baby Jonas Brothers and the Bollywood star tied a knot at the uh, Yume Bogwin Palace in uh, Jaipur. I know I'm pronouncing this wrong. Jaipur, India. Uh, in front of 225 guests in 2018, their new addition joins the boy band ever-growing extended family. Older brother Kevin Jonas and his wife Danielle Jonas have two daughters, and middle brother Joe Jonas has a daughter with his wife Sophie Turner and another baby on the way. And Britney Spears is saving the day. The pop star fiancé Sam Asghari announced Sunday that the couple has selected a wedding date. Asghari, who uh, also wished Spears a happy Mother's Day and referred to her as my soon-to-be queen, Spears announced last month that she's expecting her third child and first with Asghari. Uh, Spears announced her engagement to Asghari last September after about five years together. Sunday's announcement comes about six months after a judge terminated Spears' court order conservatorship, which had controlled the toxic singer's finances and other aspects of her life for 13 years. Spears, who won a Grammy in 2005, was married to longtime friend Jason Allen Alexander for less than three days in 2004. She was later married from 2004 to 2007 to dancer Kevin Federline, with whom she has two sons. And it was an enchanting opening weekend for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, which made $185 million in North America for the biggest debut of any film in 2022. The Marvel blockbuster starring Benedict Cumberbatch as the Tyler superhero Sorcerer has already made $450 million worldwide. Directed by Sam Raimi, uh, Multiverse of Madness followed Dr. Stephen Strange as he navigates alternate dimensions after accidentally opening a portal to other worlds. The film's $185 million domestic haul blew past the $134 million made by The Batman in its opening weekend in March, which was the previous high mark for a movie released this year. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness now boasts the second biggest domestic debut of any movie released during the COVID-19 pandemic, trailing only Spider-Man No Way Home, which opened with $260 million last December. Doctor Strange appeared in that Spider-Man film, which set up the events depicted in the Multiverse of Madness. 
Elizabeth Olsen also stars in Multiverse of Madness as the sorceress Wanda Maximoff, who embraces her new identity as the powerful but dangerous Scarlet Witch. Benedict Wong and Rachel McAdams star in the film as well. The superhero sequel made $100 million more than the original Doctor Strange film opened with the, with, uh, in 2016. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness dominated an otherwise quiet box office that didn't feature any other major new releases. Uh, DreamWorks animated The Bad Guys continued its strong showing by adding $9.8 million in this third weekend to come in second place. That movie, which won the previous two weekend box offices, has now made $57 million in North America and $148 million worldwide. And adapted from a popular series of children's books, The Bad Guys feature a voice cast that includes Sam Rockwell, Anthony Ramos, and Aquafina, and follows a group of animal thieves known for their spectacular heights. And finishing third at the box office was Sonic the Hedgehog 2, which made $6.2 million over the weekend to boast its domestic earnings to $169 million. That's the most ever for a film adaptation of a video game. The Sonic sequel has made $349 million worldwide. The new Doctor Strange film kicks off a busy month for cinemas that also features the premiere of the Top Gun Maverick and the Bob Berger movie on May 27. And a Crazy Rich Asian spinoff is in early development at Warner Brothers, spotlighting the romance between uh, Astrid and Charlie play in the 2018 blockbuster by Gemma Chan and Harry Shum Jr. The project will be written by Emmy-nominated HBO hit Barry producer and writer Jason Kim, also known for his work on Girls. Charlie Wu was the first love of Astrid Young, cousin of Nick Young, who in the original film based on Kevin Kwan's 2013 novel of the same name is played by Harry Golding. Uh, in Quan's second installment of the trilogy, China Rich Girlfriend. The engagement between Charlie and Astrid, who is in Crazy Rich Asians, leaves her cheating husband, was thought by her parents' belief that he wasn't the right man to marry their daughter. The original film, directed by John M. Chu, centers on the romance between Rachel, placed by Constant Wu, and Nick, and the former feelings out of her element in the presence of a latter incredibly wealthy family, namely his mother, Michelle Yeo. Uh, even with the Astrid Charlie story on the way for moviegoers, the previous planned Crazy Rich Asian sequel centered on Rick and Rachel searching for her birth father in Shanghai is still in the works, and this is according to Deadline. Crazy Rich Asian wasn't just a pit at the box office, but with critics as well. The film, which was nominated at the Screen Actors Guild Award for Outstanding Performance by a cast in a movie, holds a 91% approval rating and is certified fresh on review aggregator Rotten Tomatoes. And Selena Gomez made a special shout-out Friday when she took to Instagram to announce her forthcoming debut as a Saturday Night Live host on May 14th, for which expecting dad, Post Malone, will appear as a musical guest. While the former Disney Channel star got plenty of support from Hulu, on which Only Murders airs and her cosmetic brand Rare Beauty, Celebrity Pals also took to the comment section to congratulate Gomez. Uh, Camilla Cabello made a comment 
when she said, quote, yes, bitch, and Tommy Dorfman said, OMG. And Diane Keaton, she put, like, six hearts. While this will be Gomez's first time hosting this catch comedy staple, she previously appeared as a musical guest in early 2016. And uh, a trial date has been set in a civil case between singer FKA Twigs and former romantic partner Shia LaBeouf. The singer whose legal name is uh, Talia Barnett filed a lawsuit against LaBeouf in 2020, allegedly alleging uh, relentless abuse including sexual battery, assault, and emotional distress during the pair's relationship. A court in Los Angeles set a trial date of April 17, 2023. Barnett told the New York Times in 2020 that LaBeouf's treatment of her was the worst thing that ever happened to her, and LaBeouf also appeared to express remorse in a statement to the Times in 2020. Uh, this is what the... Uh, this is what Shia LaBeouf said. He said, quote, I have no excuse for my alcoholism or aggression, only rationalization. I have been abusive to myself and everyone around me for years. I have a history of hurting the people close to me. I'm ashamed of that history, and I'm sorry for, to those I hurt. There's nothing else I can really say, unquote. However, LaBeouf also said in the statement that he never inflicted any injury or loss on Barnett, and she said it's not entitled to any relief or damages whatsoever. Barnett and LaBeouf began dating while filming Honey Boy together. Well, that's going to do it for me this week. Tune in next time when we do it all over again. You've been listening to That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones-Gibbs. Have a great week. Make sure you stay, stay, stay vaccinated. Take care, and I will talk to you next time. Goodbye. <laughs>